Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. and all your beliefs, and of course, as always, you will get a heavy dose of my opinion. If you have an opinion, number to call 646-727-3070, that's 646-727-3070, you can listen to the show at blogtalkradio.com, slash began, that's blogtalkradio.com, slash began, send messages to the show on Twitter, at go for a gain. And while you're there, give me a follow at go for a gain. G O F O R I T G A N T. Also, make sure you hit us up on the website where you can listen to this show. GoForRadio.com. That's GoForRadio.com where you can listen to this show and other great shows. And, and, and you also get a little sports news along the way. So make sure you head over to GoForRadio.com. Great show lined up for you today. Expect to be joined by Hall of Famer Isaiah Thomas. Quick note, we taped this interview on Wednesday. So this Kawhi news that went down, you know, we're not really going to we, – we did, I did ask him about Kawhi, but that was before we heard about the news of Kawhi and, and, and what he decided to do, reportedly what he wants to do uh, moving forward. But we'll get to that in a moment. But we did talk to Isaiah about LeBron and a few other things, so make sure you stick around for that. We'll get to that in the next few minutes. But before we get there, before we get there, I got to talk about this Kawhi Leonard situation. It's been an odd situation. First off, we really haven't heard from Kawhi much and don't expect to hear from Kawhi much. He's a quiet guy. Doesn't say much, obviously at least publicly. So I'm just looking at the whole situation with Kawhi. And according to reports, Kawhi wants out. He's done with San Antonio. Reportedly, he doesn't trust management. Doesn't like the way things went down with his whole injury situation, where he only played nine games this year because of a quad injury. So he doesn't like that whole situation. And he is a Cali kid. So he prefers The Lakers, reportedly, according to ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski. So, Woj, Wojnarowski, excuse me. Messed that name up from time to time. Woj, well, let's call him Woj. So, we look at that whole situation, and so it it makes it, well, if you're the Spurs, you have to figure out, okay, do I want to keep him in the West? Do I want to send him out East? Do I want to give him what he wants, and that is the Lakers, reportedly? Or or what do I do? Or do I find the best possible deal for my franchise moving forward? This is a big deal for the San Antonio Spurs because at the end of the day, it's very hard. We look at San Antonio and the ways that they've gotten, you know, and 
you know, Lamar, Lamarcus Aldridge is, is kind of the exception. But in, in terms of getting superstar talent, Tim Duncan was drafted. David Robinson was drafted. Two of the better players in that franchise. Probably two best players in that franchise, in the history of that franchise. You know, obviously Parker, Ginobili, all those guys are drafted. Kawhi Leonard was drafted. Draft day trade. So the thing is, you look at the San Antonio Spurs, it's not a free agent destination. It's not a place that a lot of people want to go. You know, we love pop and everything, but, you know, San Antonio is not a city and not a place that a lot of people want to go. So when you get a star there, it's important that you try to keep your hands on that particular star. And, and I think the Spurs are going to try to do that. And here's also the thing. Here's also the thing. First and foremost, I think the Spurs will try their, their hardest to keep Kawhi and San Antonio. We, you remember last year when LaMarcus Aldridge won it out, and ultimately Pop was able to smooth that over. Greg Popovich. Maybe Popovich can do the same with Kawhi Leonard. And also, here's also the thing. The Spurs can offer Kawhi Leonard a Supermax contract, five years, $219 million. It's a lot of money. So, I mean, the Spurs, I'm not counting the Spurs out just yet. I mean, and, and first and foremost, according to this report, I mean, Kawhi hasn't personally talked to the Spurs. And that's according to this report. So uh, apparently, of course, they have spoken, but not in person, Popovich and, and, and Kawhi. So, it, you know, this is a situation that could be situated at some point, sometime. This is a situation that, I mean, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. But I'm not prepared to say this is over, Kawhi. You know, this is over. It, it's over. I'm not saying it's over between Kawhi and the San Antonio Spurs. I'm not saying that. But I, you know, what I am saying is that, you know, their relationship could be on life support. Their relationship could be on life support, but here's also the thing. Never underestimate Pop. But at the same time, who knows how much Popovich, or excuse me, how long Pop has in this game. You know, there's been reports that Pop might be looking to get out of coaching at some point in time. Plus, you got the situation with Pop and his, his wife, you know, the, the death of his wife, which is obviously unfortunate. So, that, you know, that that could change some things. And so it's, it's a tricky situation. It's a very tricky situation, but it's a situation where, where you know, at this point in time, I'm not going to say it's over between Kawhi and the San Antonio Spurs. Like I said, it, it could be on life support, but it's not over. Not yet. Now, it's a, you wonder where he could possibly go if he does go. And, and teams, like I said, could be scared off because Kawhi has two years left on his contract, but he can opt out after next season. So, so uh, it could be essentially a one-year rental if Kawhi doesn't necessarily want to be there. So if a team like Boston, which has a lot of assets, a team like Philadelphia, which has a lot of assets, and also in the Eastern Conference, both of those two teams, if both of those two teams 
you know, get their hands on Kawhi or, or try to put together a package for Kawhi, you know, they might be reluctant. And we all heard that Boston reportedly had, you know, tried to get Kawhi in a trade midseason. But the thing is this, if you're Boston and you're Philadelphia, you might be a smidge and a tad reluctant because you don't want to give up all this talent for a, young, a one-year rental. You don't want to give up possibly a Kyrie, you know, in one of your draft picks. Maybe that San Antonio pick. You don't want to do that. You don't want, if you're Philadelphia, give up on a Markel Fultz or a Dario Sarge and your lottery pick. You don't want to give up that per se unless you have some guarantees that Kawhi is willing to stick around and play in your particular city. So it is. Definitely a situation where it's complicated. It's a complicated situation, and it's a situation that we'll see how play. We'll see how it plays out. We'll see how it plays out. But again, I'm not counting the San Antonio Spurs out. I'm not counting Greg Popovich out. I'm not counting them out just yet. I'm not doing it now. There's always the possibility that hey, it doesn't work out, and that the Spurs decides, you know what? Let's put let's let's see what we can get. You know, we'll we'll see what packages we can get for Kawhi Leonard. But if you're the Lakers now, I mean, the, the possibilities, the possibilities of uh, of getting Kawhi Leonard, also the possibilities of hey, maybe you can you know bring a Paul George or even a LeBron James under the Lakers. They can put put in two max contracts. They can slide in two max contracts. So the Lakers could be it could be a situation in Los Angeles with the Lakers where they can put together a super team of some sort, a super team in Los Angeles. Wow. And this is going to be fun. And, and, you know, we're going to be talking about LeBron. We're going to talk about, Kyra, uh, you know, Kawhi. We're going to be talking about Paul George. We're going to be talking about all these guys for the next month. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun talking about where LeBron's going to go. Is he going to Philly? Is he going to L.A.? Is he staying in Cleveland? That's going to be fun to talk about. And I can't wait, man. I can't wait to continue to talk and talk and talk about this. Because the Lakers are obviously going to be a player for Paul George, for Kawhi Leonard, and for LeBron James. Philadelphia is going to be a player for LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, and maybe even Paul George as well. Cleveland, obviously, is going to be a player for LeBron. And Boston, obviously, is going to be a player for somebody. Could be LeBron. Could be Kawhi. And if you're Boston, I think if a deal is centered around a Kyrie Irving, I think you're comfortable making that move, seeing what you got from uh, Terry Rozier in these playoffs. But, again, if you're Boston, I mean, excuse me, if you're San Antonio, that's a difficult deal for you from the standpoint you don't know what Kyrie Irving wants to do. Kyrie Irving might not want to be 
in San Antonio moving forward. So, you you know, it, it's definitely, first and foremost, if you're San Antonio, your first priority is to fix the relationship with Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard. That is your first priority. You're, you're questioning and you're asking Kawhi. Do you want to? Why do you want to leave? Kawhi, do you want to leave San Antonio? Can we fix it? Can we make this thing work? Can we fix it, mend this relationship? What do you need? What do you want? What do you desire? Can we repair our issues? Whatever they are, can we do it? And so these are questions that have to be answered. But again, as I said before, and I'll say it one more time, I'm not ready nor am I prepared to say that it is over between Kawhi Leonard and the San Antonio Spurs. I'm not going to do that. Greg Popovich, pop, has a way of, of, you know, bringing guys in, working things out, fixing things. He did it with LaMarcus Aldridge. If he did it before, he can do it again with Kawhi Leonard. So he did it before with LaMarcus, and I think he could do it again with Kawhi. So I'm not ready to end that. But obviously, it's going to be difficult. And it's going to be difficult. And it's probably not going to be easy. But again, you have an opportunity to try to fix it because you have a chance to give this dude a supermax contract, which is beneficial, which is helpful. You can give a guy the most money. He can get the most money, you know, out there in San Antonio. So you have to try to fix this. You got to fix it. And we'll see if they can fix it. Again, here's the thing. I would, Coming into this whole thing, here's what I'd like to see happen. I would like to see Paul George stay at Oklahoma City with Russell Westbrook and see if they can build something there. I would like LeBron James to stay in Cleveland, see if they can get back to the NBA Finals and move forward from there. I would like to see Kawhi Leonard stay in San Antonio, see if they can make that situation work. That's what I would like to see. But I don't think that's what I'm going to see. One of those three guys is going somewhere. Maybe even two, maybe all three. But there's going to be some changes in the National Basketball Association going into next season. And this whole thing where you have the best player in your game as a free agent is great for the game. It's great for the NBA because you're getting attention. You're drawing attention to your game, to your product in the offseason. We're going to be talking about the NBA from this point forward, including the draft, from this point forward until July 4th, July 10-ish, around that time. Then, you know, obviously NFL, the training camp starts to take over. But we're going to be talking about the NBA for a good solid month because of LeBron James being a free agent. That helps the game. That helps the game with this great 
it's beneficial, it's beautiful. And if you're Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, you got to be loving this. You got to be loving this. You got to be enjoying this because this brings attention to your game and to your league, which is great. Which is great. And you wonder, you wonder, what are guys going to ask for in terms of, well, I'm talking about teams. What are they going to ask for in terms of Kawhi? Are they going to require, like, hey, is it going to be a handshake type situation? Like, look, dude, you got to sign or give us some kind of something that, some kind of assurances that you're going to resign with us. Because if you don't, we ain't pulling that trigger. But I think if you're the Lakers and the Lakers, and you know for sure definitively that he, Kawhi Leonard, wants to be in Los Angeles and wants to stay in Los Angeles, guess what you do? You pull the trigger. If you're Boston or Philadelphia, you have to have a level of reluctance because, again, you don't know what the future holds when it comes to Kawhi Leonard, and you don't know. You don't know if he's willing to stay there or, or wanting to stay there. And obviously, you also have to make sure about his health. You got to make sure that Kawhi is 100% and is going to be good to go moving forward. Because if you're the Philadelphia 76ers, you ran into that situation many moves ago with one Andrew Bynum, where you tried to make that splash move to take you to that next level. And then Bynum never played a game for your franchise and what played minimal games the next two seasons. Ultimately, he retired because he, his body, his knees broke down and it wasn't good enough for him to move forward. So you're the Philadelphia 76ers. You have to make sure that whatever you do, you have to make sure that you get some kind of assurance. Even if you're the Boston Celtics. You got to make sure you're getting some kind of assurances from Kawhi Leonard that he is willing, able, and wanting to stay in your particular city. They got to fix that, figure that whole thing out, and they got to see what happens. But ultimately, it ain't over until it's over. So don't, again, before we go to Isaiah Thomas, don't count out the great Greg Popovich. We're going to bring in now Isaiah Thomas, Hall of Famer. We're going to bring him in now. Hall of Famer, the great Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah, how are you? I am great. How are you doing today? Doing well. Thanks for joining us. And let's go to the NBA Finals. Let's start there. Coming into those NBA Finals, we knew the Warriors were the more talented team. We knew they were the better team. But after game one with that whole situation where J.R. Smith didn't know the score of the game and ultimately dribbled out the clock for the Cavs and ultimately cost them that game. Was the series basically over after game one? I, I think emotionally uh, it, it was, and that's a, you know, that, that's a correct read. Um, you know, the, the Cavs, they had to, they had to play perfect uh, to win game one, which they actually did. LeBron James had a, a game for the ages and, while J.R. Smith gets um, he he gets blamed for more or less dribbling out the clock, um, you know you still underlying you got a chance to win the game 
you got a, a great foul shooter on the line, 80-plus foul shooter, you know, your point guard. And at the end of the game, you know, your point guard's got to handle the basketball and he's got to close out the game. And normally your point guard gets fouled at the end and they go to the line and they make the free throws. Uh, you make the free throws, that, that situation doesn't happen. So, you know, I don't I don't blame it all on Jr. Um, you know, the the foul shooters, you know, had a had more responsibility than actually Jr. did in terms of getting the rebound and dribbling out the clock. So let me ask you this: we we saw that video of LeBron's reaction on the bench uh, after uh, he found out that they did have timeouts in that particular situation. Your thoughts on that reaction? Can we read anything into that reaction? Well, you know, there's this there's this total devastation, and um, you know the the beauty of our game is that we get to see you know the the highs and the lows, the emotional highs and the emotional lows, uh, and all that is there for us to to critique and see. And you know, if if you know, I think if any of us are in that situation that LeBron James found himself in after having you know such a uh, you know, a historic performance and knowing that they were coming in as an underdog, having to play the perfect game, had done everything right, uh, and knowing that, you know, going into an overtime situation, your team's probably not going to win. You know, I, I think most of us would have had, you know, a similar reaction uh, to, to what kind of transpired. But, you know, again, um, I, I, I felt bad for him and I felt bad for the Cavaliers because, they had done everything right, and you know, like you said, like LeBron said, you know, they're, they're like the New England Patriots. You right. you make one mistake and you pay for it, and they made one mistake at the end of the game, and it ended up costing them the game. So we saw after Game Four, LeBron with the brace on his hand, and you know, said he essentially may have played with a broken hand. A- any thoughts on that? Well, I guess it's true. Um, you know, the, he, uh, as the story has come out, you know, he's out of frustration. He, I guess he punched the blackboard and, you know, he uh, probably severely fractured his hand. And, you know, mo- most, most people have criticized him for, you know, putting a brace on or wearing a cast to the press conference. But, you know, from experience, uh, at the end of the season, this is what I know happened. Uh, the last and final game, you get dressed. You t- you know, you take a shower, you get dressed, and you go into the training room, and, you know, whatever, you know, wrap you're going to get, you know, the trainer wraps you up. Uh, you go to the press conference, and after the press conference, you walk to the car and you go home. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, I wasn't, you know, to me, the, the wrap on his hand at the end of the season you know, it's, it's it's a natural thing. You know, it's not like he's it, it's not like he came out there in uniform and did the the press interview. He put on his clothes, he had showered, and everything else. And you know, after the interview, you you, you go to your car and you go home. So, what was he what was he supposed to do? Not wrap his hand? <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess the end. You know, people are saying you know we didn't hear anything about it. You know, in, in games two, three games two and three, even games four before those games. So, I mean, I guess that's the speculation in terms of some people are a little skeptical of him in terms of that hand and everything. But at the end of the day, 
I'm with Joe. Well, Somebody says their hand is broken. Their hand's broken. It's nothing for me to argue about at that point. Old school players, you know, it's like you don't, you know, in the course of a series, right, when, you, when you're playing against an opponent, um, you know, some, some people like to broadcast their injury. Um, and if you broadcast your injury, then the, the opponent knows that you're injured and they're going to they're gonna use that against you. Uh, so it, I wasn't, you know, it didn't bother me as a, as, a, as a former player and competitor that somebody didn't broadcast their injury and tell the world that they were injured. Um, you know, you, you try to mask those things and you try to hide them. I mean, so I didn't, I didn't find anything that he did unnatural. Okay, that's fair. We're talking a Hall of Famer, Isaiah Thomas. Looking at the Warriors, it wasn't complete smooth sailing this year for these guys, but ultimately they got to the NBA Finals. CP3 not being healthy may have helped, but at the end of the day, they won. They got to the NBA Finals, and they won the NBA Finals. But looking at Golden State moving forward, obviously, you know, Draymond's got to get paid at some point. Klay Thompson has to get paid at some point. How long can this last? Well, um, so I would say for the Warriors' standards, it wasn't smooth sailing for their standards. I think if you were to ask anyone else, um, you know, observing them across the league, um, you know, or, or playing against them, you know, they the season was pretty smooth from a from, from a, you know a championship standpoint. Right. You know, they won three out of four, and I. I think there's, you know, there's 29 other teams that would take this rough season that the Warriors supposedly just experienced. <laughs> so, um, you know, how long can it last? Um, you know, it can last for, you know, a while now. Um, you know, monetarily, I think they have to do some, you know, some, <clears throat> some, some footwork behind the scenes in terms of negotiating with their players, ensure that they. They get everybody under contract, and they keep them motivated. And, you know, they're good enough, and they can win. Right now, they can win as long as they want to. Um, you know, and it's, you know, will they get tired of winning? Uh, will injury set in? You know, those that remains to be seen. But, you know, the longer you keep playing uh, until June, the more injuries that your body may be susceptible to. But, you know, those, those injuries are, you know, only sprains and pulls of muscle that you can, you can play through. So let me ask you this. If this team is completely healthy, and what I mean by completely healthy is all four guys, and including Iguodala as well, are the Warriors close to being unbeatable in a seven-game series? Well, um, you know, the, the only – we've seen uh, beat this team is LeBron James. And, and if you remember, he was down three to one right. and he came back and, you know, had one of the, you know, again, one of the great performances for the ages. Uh, you know, if not for him doing that, then they've won four straight. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, getting getting Kevin Durant, adding him to that team, and Durant playing at the level that he's playing at, um, you know, other teams are going to have to find a way to build their teams differently 
uh, with different styles that can compete against their style. But if you're trying to replicate what the Warriors have done and trying to beat them at their game, uh, it's going to take you a while to build that type of team to do that. So you have to find a way to build your team differently. And one team that we thought were actually pretty close to beating this Warriors team was the Houston Rockets, and they have a huge decision. Chris Paul, and it's not really huge at the end of the day. I think you got to give him his money. But how do you view this situation? I mean, Chris Paul, we've seen injuries happen to Chris Paul, and ultimately his body could not handle, well, not handle per se, but he, he just was not, he couldn't get through the season, and ultimately him not getting through the season cost the Houston Rockets. But at the end of the day, would you max out Chris Paul at this point, 33 years old? Well, that's a decision they have to they have to make. Um, you know, you you know clearly the way Paul played this year and and the chance that they had to win. I, I think all of us, you know, would have liked to seen him healthy in Game Six and Game Seven. And if he's healthy in Game Six and Game Seven, you know, there's a there's a good chance that you know Houston probably wins. So, you know, it, you you have to decide. You know how much. You know, how much do you want, you know, a shot at winning and, and beating the Warriors? And, you know, Moray will have to make that decision. We're talking to Hall of Famer Isaiah Thomas. Going back to LeBron James now, obviously he's going to be a free agent. We all know that. First, if you are LeBron and your goal is to win titles, where would you go? Um, you, you gotta wait. I, you know, I think he'll probably, you know, wait and see. Uh, you know, it's it's not it's not the only goal. You know, I don't I don't think he's single minded in terms of, you know, it's, I gotta win a championship. You know, wherever I go, or I think it's I think his family has a lot to do with it. You know, he's got kids now. He's married. You know, it's it's not it's not that it's not that simple. You know, in terms of okay, I'll just go pick this place or that place because you know he's not a he's not a single man. You know, he he has responsibilities. He's a he's a human being with a family, and uh, so while we as fans we we want to look at it just in terms of you know what's the best fit, what's the best team. Uh, you know, there's a there's a whole lot of you know boxes that he's got to check and his family's got to check before he can jump up and move to another city. He's only been to, you know, two cities in his life. Right. Um, you know, I, I know we, we've talked about him going a lot of places, but, you know, for a great majority of his life, he spent in Ohio, and then he spent, I think, four years in Miami. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, he hasn't, he's not a person who's jumped up and moved around a lot, although he's, we've placed him in a lot of cities. Uh, he really hasn't been there. <laughs> you know, so it's, I think it's important that we try to keep all this stuff in perspective. You know, he's, he's not a guy that's moved. He's only lived in two places his whole life. You know, most of us have lived in more cities than him, right. although we've been in like 20 different cities. But he's only lived in Cleveland and Miami, unless you know another place that I don't. No, no. I do know a place where I would like him to go, or where I think would be a good fit, and I want to get your thoughts on it, Philadelphia. 
you know, you got Ben Simmons, you got Joel Embiid, you got the possibilities with Markel Fultz. So you got a young core there. You know, Brett Brown, he's he's established, three-year deal, extension, he's in place. Everything's in place in Philadelphia. To me, if I'm LeBron James, and I'm not, and I wish I was, actually, but I'm not, Philadelphia seems to be a decent place for him. Your thoughts on that? Do you have kids? I do. How old are your kids? My kids are 16 and 7. Now, you tell your 16-year-old who's in high school, right, that you're getting ready to take a job in Philadelphia or Los Angeles or wherever. Right. You're going to have a problem with that 16-year-old who has friends, who has teachers, who's made their dinner. You know, he's, he's got the same situation. He's dealing with the same situation. So it's, it's not that easy, if you if you get my point. Now, right, basketball-wise, yeah, we can look at, you know, basketball-wise, he may fit here, he may fit there. But, you know, we're, we're talking about someone who's won a lot, who's 33 years old, who has been to the mountaintop, and, you know, so from his perspective and his life perspective, things look a little different for him at 33 than it does at, at 22 when we're all single and running around and you don't have a 16-year-old at home. Right. <laughs> right. Very true. So, so, so I, I think, you know, we for – and I think what LeBron James uh, has forced all of us to do which has been very difficult over the years for all of us to do, is to see him as a total person and not just a guy in a uniform. Now, we love the guy in the uniform, but when we start looking at him as a total person, uh, then there's some things that we like, uh, I don't know, it makes us a little uncomfortable. But the conversation about number 23 in uniform, you know, we're okay with placing him, you know, in in Philadelphia, California, or wherever. But when you take into all the things that he has to decide and think about, you know, the decision becomes a little bit more complicated. Most definitely. It's definitely a complicated situation. And and, and I get, definitely get your point in terms of his kids and, and his wife. And at the end of the day, he's got to do what's best for them. I hope personally that he stays in Cleveland. I, I, I think it would be great if he stays there. But at the end of the day, he's got to do what's best for him, and ultimately he's got to do what's best for his family. So let me, let me ask it this way. Where do you think LeBron will go? I, I have no idea. I, I, I really I, – I think, I think where we are in, in sports, you know, in basketball, particularly with him, um, you know, he, he shatter, he's shattering all, the, all of the historical norms. Uh, and I don't know if we've ever had a player with this much success at this stage of his life, you know, with this kind of decision to make. I don't know. I can't recall the, of another NBA player in my lifetime that, right. that's been at this point where they got to make a decision. And it's like every – Every time he steps up to the plate, uh, because he's been so great, you know, it's, it's a new thing we're looking at. So, you know, this isn't a typical free agent, you know, like he was, you know, six, seven years ago. You know, this is a, this is a totally different 
you know, stratosphere that he's in right now. And I don't even know where he goes to get advice, to be honest with you. <laughs> because when you look at Cleveland, can Cleveland can Cleveland put together a basketball team? Can can management put together teams that he can compete with? Right. I don't know. Um, but, you know, losing Kyrie and not having Isaiah and, and everything that came back, um, you know, even though he got to the finals with it, we know that's not good enough to be Golden State. Right. Not at all. Or even Boston or Philadelphia that you're talking about. Right. That's what, that was my next thing. He might not be good enough to beat Boston and Philadelphia moving forward. So he definitely has a tough decision. He might be calling you for some advice. Maybe you can give him something. Or you. <laughs> he, may, he may be calling you. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking he, to the whole family. He may call you to get some advice on this 16-year-old. Hey, man, how, you, how, how should I handle this? <laughs> it, it's, it's easy, LeBron. You, you know, you got to – you got to move around. It's life. This is life. You meet new friends. You meet new people, and, and life goes on. Yeah. <laughs> you, you go home and do that tonight and see how it works. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking to Hall of Famer Isaiah Thomas. So let me ask you this. We got this whole Kawhi Leonard situation. Ultimately, he only played nine games for the Spurs. He's up for a Supermax contract this summer. I believe if you're San Antonio Spurs, you have no choice but to work it out with Kawhi Leonard. Do you see that situation working itself out? I, I think we all hope it works itself out. But, you know, another thing that's popped up in that situation now, you know, you know Kawhi, you, you say, okay, I come back. And then if he comes back, is Popovich going to be his coach? You know, is right. Popovich going to stay through the, the end of his contract? So it's, I think those two, they, they have a lot to really discuss and talk about because there's so many, there's so many ifs in, in, in that conversation. You know, if, if Pop stays, if, if Kawhi comes back, how's he going to feel, team building, everything else, the San Antonio way. And, and you know, I, I think we all understand, you know, while we give San Antonio, uh, you know, gold stars for being the model organization, um, it's really Popovich who, who's the organization with the gold stars. So if he leaves, we don't know what type of organization the San Antonio Spurs will be. That is true. That is true. Pop is a great coach. And if you look at this era of basketball, probably the second best coach in this era behind the Phil Jackson. So, I mean, definitely one of the greatest coaches of all time. So we saw the Golden State Warriors pop some champagne. I hope at some point they'll be popping some Sherline champagne. Talk about your champagne. Well, that's what I'm talking about. We want to, you know, in the in the um, so the the French pronunciation the French pronunciation is called Sherline. Uh, here in the, in the United States, some people will say Sherline uh, because of the I, uh, and it's C H E U R L I N. And um, right now, I'm the I'm the largest African-American minority um, uh, importer of champagne in the United States. Um, the Sherlon family, uh, who are the winemakers, been making champagne since 1788. Uh, and we uh, got uh, over 200 acres in the Hove uh, region of Champagne. Uh, we have a, a Brut, a Blanc de Blanc, 
uh, Blanc de Noir and a Rosé. And uh, the Champagne is doing extremely well. We have a unique relationship uh, with the Retired Players Association and also the, the Current Players Association where um, with the Retired Players Association, every uh, bottle that is sold uh, goes to, to their medical and health benefits uh, because most people think that the retired players, uh, you know, made a lot of money. Uh, people think that the salaries that guys are getting today, uh, you know, it's always been this way, but the pioneers in our business, they never made that kind of money. So uh, we, we take it upon ourselves to make sure that we, um, we give back uh, on every bottle. That's good stuff. That's definitely good stuff. When are we going to get this into locker rooms after, you know, teams win titles and everything? We got to get this into locker rooms. That's what I'm saying. Uh, we it, it definitely is the play. It's the players' choice. Um, you know, we we say players only a lot. Uh, so it's the players' choice. Uh, but uh, you know, hopefully next year and a year after, uh, we can start getting it in the locker rooms. Uh, right now, you can go to wine.com and, and and purchase it online. And if you go to our website, uh, you can look at the. Um, the places that uh, we're in right now, um, it's the fastest growing champagne, one of the fastest growing champagnes in the United States, and we're pretty happy with the success that we're having. we got to get into a rap song, Pastor Shalon. Everybody, Pastor Shalon, we got to get into a rap song somewhere. We, we, could get in, we can get into a rap song, just don't have me rapping. <laughs> <laughs> that, that sounds because, good. Because, because if I'm singing it, We'll definitely be turning the volume down or turning it off. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. So, fan, make sure you go to the website. I'm going to say it the American way, Sherlin.com, C-H-E-U-R-L-I-N. That's Sherlin.com. Also, wine.com. And also hit this man up on Twitter, at Isaiah Thomas, and support all the great things going on with Hall of Famer, the great Isaiah Thomas. Before we get out of here, Dwayne Casey to the Detroit Pistons. You like the move? I love the move. I mean, and, and, and before we end, right, everybody, uh, you know, while we're encouraging you to drink, we're encouraging you to also drink responsibly. For sure. Uh, so I, 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 I love the move uh, with, with Casey. Uh, you know, how, how often do you, you get the coach of the year that falls into your lap? Um, and I, I do think that, you know, he'll – his coaching skills and talent, I, I, I think it's a good fit for the Pistons uh, at this particular time. For sure. Real quick, do you think he got a raw deal? I know this is a win, you know, win or lose, you know, situation in the NBA. You got to win to keep your job, and it's only 30 NBA jobs in the, you know, out there in this world. But do you think he got a raw deal in Toronto? Um, you know, I, I think. You know, you, you always get to a point with a team where, um, you know, your your voice is not being heard anymore or management is not listening to the coach anymore or people just want change for the sake of change. Um, so when you look at his record, you have to say that he did an excellent job and when you look at the path that the Raptors have been on for the last couple of years, you give them all, you know, high marks. Uh, but then it gets down to the emotional part, you know, do, 
Do they still like each other? Are they still listening to each other? Do they still hear each other? And and it appears that, you know, upstairs management and the coach, they wasn't listening to each other anymore. And right. when when people aren't listening and, and the emotions change, uh, then, yeah, it's, it's, it's time for a change. Right. Sounds good. So, fans, make sure you go to the website, sherlin.com. Go to wine.com and hit this man up on Twitter, at Isaiah Thomas, and support all the great things going on with the Hulk, with the great Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah, absolute pleasure talking to you. Wish you nothing but the best of luck moving forward. We'd love to do it again. Thank you, and I, I look forward to talking to you and tell you 16-year-old I said hello, and y'all don't move it any time soon. We'll do. We'll do. <laughs> Take care. Okay. All right. Hall of Famer, Isaiah Thomas. Pleasure talking to him. You can listen to this show and other great shows, blogtalkradio.com slash pgan, where you can listen to this show and other great shows. Follow us on Twitter at go for Gant. Hit us up on the website, goforradio.com. For everybody here, go for it. We hope you have a great weekend. Happy Father's Day to everybody out there. See you later. Take care. Bye.